Hey, this is Colin Cadet. And Alexa Claire. And Sky Blanks. And you're listening to the 2721 Club. Actually, like, I... No, hold on. This is going to be a distract to this lady. Anyways, after... <laughs> actually... Oh, she goes, actually, like, the Renaissance was this, that, and this. Actually, like, I'm an art major from SCAD master's program, and it was, it was global. And I'm like, I need you to understand that my friend communicating that, like, Black creatives are not, like, presented with the same historical, um, you know, the same historical, like, impact as white creatives. Like, we're not, we don't learn about Black creatives in a, like, impactful way. Um, we're not negating that the Renaissance was, but, but, we, but we're also not negating the Renaissance. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. This lady heard negation. And I'm like, bro, can you, you're not even, we're not even participating in this conversation with you. That's why I was annoyed. But at the same time, I was just like, it was frustrating for me because that should be happening a lot. Like, anyways, I got sidetracked. While I was talking about Buddy Nick though, I was talking about some other shit. I was talking about karma. And I was talking about all these other things. And people were like listening and they were like, Colin, they're like, yeah, like you, you, we agree. Like you should make a podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, I have one. It's actually called the 2721 Club, y'all. I'll let you know when shit is released. Uh, no, I'd be like, no, like I, I, I let people be like, yo, you should make a podcast. That, 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 that's told me so many times. And I'm like, now I'm like, I have one. Same, same here. Literally, legit same. I was talking to my friend Akila. And like, she's like, Alexa, when are you going to start this podcast? Like, we've been telling you to do this for three years. Why haven't you done it? And I'm like, funny, you should say that. <laughs> Watch out. Little did mailbox. you know. Invitation to that listening party. Watch your mailbox. Come to think of it. <laughs> y'all, y'all, my mom, my mom does calligraphy. And I was legit going to ask her to just like, make some really nice invitations. <laughs> I'm so extra. No, do <laughs> that shit. No, I like that. I like that. I love it. She used to do wedding invitations. You, you, like the whole you save them, you save them, and then we sell them on an NFT. And, you know, yeah, that shit's going to be see, big bucks. Like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Niggas, niggas be really like thinking a... about the come up. That's what we need. This nigga be trying to, like, yeah. Niggas be thinking about NFTs. I, I sent you something on TikTok, by the way, bro. Did you see that shit, bro? Uh, my number used to be off. Let me look. Okay, bro, look. I said it like the other day or some shit. Yeah, bro. I've been thinking. I've, I've been talking. I've been having those conversations too, low key. Speaking of TikTok, y'all see that dude, the black dude that be with the the, the uh, light eyes, and he's like talking about like manifesting stuff, and lays behind him and walks, and, and she's like, <laughs> "Oh, it was funny as shit." I thought that shit was there. so funny. He she like evaporated. <laughs> like as soon as he she, he looked he looked at her, she goes. <laughs> With a shower, bro. He I was like, ass. what just happened? And then he just like went right back to talking about this shit. I was like, what is happening? Oh this nigga God. really. That shit was funny. Oh, that shit was bad funny. When you were talking about going to the void, I thought about that during our, our, our uh, yeah. podcast. And I was like, I want to. That's what he was referencing. That's why I was dying even harder. Was he was like, like, oh my God. Your thoughts, your thoughts create your experiences. And then look at the lady. And then the lady disappears, and then he starts talking again. I was like, "Bro, what is happening? This nigga just like the fact man, that you're watching this TikTok. <laughs> he used his his thought, his brains. <laughs> he manifested her away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, we gotta do once once we have uh, more time and shit. We gotta do like reaction videos of watching this. Shit. 
<laughs> these oh, we should. That's good content. That would be that amazing. Would be I love reaction videos. We gotta watch like the crazy, the crazy stuff. I feel like all of our facial expressions would be ridiculous. No, that's so good. Like reaction videos to like our own stuff, Sky. Too. Yeah. Well, well, well not, yeah, us and and other stuff too that we watch and like yeah. Things. Cause and Dashy does it. There's a guy named Dashy on YouTube. Dashy Games. I don't know if y'all know Dashy. He's like really fun, funny. But like he like some of his shit is him reacting to videos that he used to do, and I'm like that's actually good. Like that's easy as fuck. All you have to do is just like that's like you got like. That you know, our ideas are gonna change. Our ideas are gonna change. Like a year from now, two years from now, watching back what we say now, we're gonna be like the fuck. I don't believe that anymore. Yeah, like, like we should now, do that. Like, we should yeah. like react to certain things. That's like a cool little. And I'm too. I'm cool with the reaction to things too, like TikTok, whatever it may be. When we're all together in, in, in DC, we can, you know, that'll be, be easier to wait. do. I know. I'm actually miss y'all, bro. I'll be honest. Like when I was thinking about this, I felt better when I realized that like y'all are still there, and like there's people there that like people I'm really cool with who are still there. Like it made me feel better because I think a lot of me was just like, damn, I'm gonna like leave here, which is like, I feel like I have like a, like good friends, like friend group here or whatever. But I'm just like, honestly though, I miss y'all. I haven't seen y'all in so long. Like, I really miss a lot of people I haven't, like, connected with in so fucking long. And, like, I haven't seen y'all physically, bro. I haven't, like, had a conversation and sat down. Like, this shit is Zoom. This shit is FaceTime. But, like, I can't wait to just be in D.C. and we can hang out in D.C. again. All the times I've been in D.C., you couldn't hang out in D.C. because it was just, like, closed the fuck down. I mean, I'll say this. The last time I was in D.C. was February, and we got Korean barbecue. Which I had it with Sam and Ashley and uh, Sam's girl, Olivia. And the dude and that girl, oh, we recorded, so I'm not gonna say the other person who was there, but Sky does know the other person. Yeah. Noah? Yeah. No, no, it was. Um, no, 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 no. Don't oh, worry about no. it. <laughs> um, yes! <laughs> Yo, but like, <laughs> but um, yeah, like, it's cool to chill, but we weren't able to really hang out. Like, listen, I, Atlanta is like an open city. Like, I'd be hanging out. Like, I'd be going out. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Not like wildly, but like, I'll hang out. So it's like, if I go back to D.C., like, I want to be able to still, like, vibe. No, it's open now. They it's open opened now. everything up. But what, what, what I'm thinking about, because I, when I was doing my conference earlier, it's about this concept called humane entrepreneurship, um, which we won't get too much into. But, but one of the, the professors had said, because um, I asked a question about, you know, he was talking about the tourism industry and how, you know, these small businesses are being affected and how, and I was like, oh, like, what's your perspective on how, they can bounce back and then the other professor was like no we have to look at how they can bounce forward um because of all the things that you have grown and developed from before so that'd be a topic for the, uh, for our next podcast bouncing Wait, forward that one like, more time. so you know how people say oh we got bounce back from this right but when you yeah, think about it it should be bounce, bounce forward, forward because you're not bouncing back to the same place you were but you're bouncing forward to a new place um that you're going you're aspiring to be um oh, no, 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 um, go ahead. Yeah, that reminds me of a TikTok I saw actually yesterday where the dude was talking about some like, next time you fall, like I know we're very big on this culture of like, get back up, get back up, get back up. But like, next time you fall, stay down for a little bit and think about like, like why? Do you see what I'm saying? Because if you just like get up, cool, you bounce back, but you don't bounce forward. You bounce forward when you think about what made me fall. Like, why did I fall? You know what I'm saying? And also, what are you seeing as you're down there? Because the, the view is different. Yeah, let's go! <laughs> yeah! I'm sorry, this is shit I be on. <laughs> I'm 
but it's true. The vantage point from when you're standing versus when you're on the floor are completely two different vantage points. It don't make you any less. It's just you're just seeing it, the issue from a different angle. And if you just keep bounce back up right away and not reflect or change anything, you're gonna end up right back on the floor and doing the same thing over and over and over again. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, same thing over and over, over again over. without expecting expecting a different without result. Expecting, exactly. <laughs> like, what's the value of bouncing back? Like, you're just gonna keep fucking falling. Like, cool, you bounce back. You're a bounce backer. <laughs> like, cool. Why do we want to be bounce backers? Like, cool, you got up. That has value, but like, what value does it have if you're just gonna keep falling for the same fucking reasons, bro? Bounce forward, my niggas. Bounce forward. Guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. so say that one more time. time. What was that definition of sanity? Say that one more time. Insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Different result. That's most niggas, bro. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, no but that's. That's the American way. That's what they tell us to do, right? We're all doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Expecting, oh yeah, I'm gonna become, you know, the the one the go like the one to do it all, but you're doing the same thing as everybody else over this- and over again. Because we teach standardization. We are literally trying to bring society like young, like we're trying to yes. bring a generation of young people up, young minds up, based off of like determining their like like. Mm-hmm. we're like i'm drawing i'm looking at you and i'm like okay you're valuable based off of this that doesn't do anything to anybody okay. like somebody just is like motherfuckers be just like dope for the fact that they're dope like and i can't compare it to anything you know what i'm saying like there's no standard there's no like the way that we ascertain why someone is doing something like well or not or if they're going to be successful is based off of like us being like okay like this is success and it's like why do we get like i don't know bro i feel like it's really annoying when we keep trying to like call well, it's shit. like the, the determination of happiness right people assume people that have a lot of money are happy they assume that oh you attained a certain amount of wealth you attained a certain amount of uh opportunity then you must be super happy you must be super successful but in reality it doesn't really that doesn't that's just a determinant of capitalism um you know you have small businesses, people that enjoy their community and then do things and they feel, you know, they're happier than Jeff Bezos who owns everything, right? Um, and you see yeah. that with the relationships. People, all these people get divorced. You know, my dad's like, all y'all, all you, these kids don't got, you know, um, good role models because, you know, everyone's just doing it, you know, doing what they think they should be doing, but not doing what they really want to be doing. Exactly, um, bro. <sighs> y'all spitting. This is the shit I'm on right now. It's why I'm struggling. Because I'm I'm doing something very radical, which is like not doing what I'm otherwise like doing. Like that's why this whole conference, this whole like decision to stay home versus to go to DC was so hard. Because I was sitting with this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I still came to a place where I'm like gonna go back to DC, but it's coming back from it's coming. It's like very much founded upon like me wanting to go, not because I feel like it's like what I should be doing. You know what I'm saying? But I had to like shed that. I didn't want the decision to come back to DC to be based off of like, oh, this is what you need to be doing. Like, why? Like, what if this hurts me? You see what I'm saying? Like, what? Yeah. If, like, let's just like let's just sit with that. Like, what if this is detrimental to my to me? Like, what if this harms me? Should I still be doing it? Oh, you're in for a rude awakening. You're a black man. You're gonna be destroyed by the world because you're doing one. You're doing something very radical, which is like just doing you. Whoa, you need to be successful. What the fuck does that mean? Mm. Jesus Christ, hit it. <laughs> I'm sorry, because I feel like no, the most it's true. thing that you could be is yourself. I'm putting on a t-shirt. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, 
I look at people who are just comfortable as themselves. I'm like, damn, isn't that all what we want? That nigga's more successful than the niggas who like have a cool job. The nigga who has, who like, as you said, who like doesn't have much, but is chilling and is content with his life, is happy and at peace and is himself. This nigga's more successful than Jeff Bezos. Agreed. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Quality of life, the way he lives life. He's happy, like he's okay. That's why you see those people that don't have much in you know developing countries and they're very content and because they don't even know the, the what we value, right? Like they don't give a damn about TV, they don't give a damn about uh having a car, they value certain other things, and which is like family or even agriculture or whatever else, their culture and passion. It's all about the culture that's around you because we're coming from a very you know Americanized, you know, Eurocentric yeah, influence from yeah. westernized uh civilization because that's how we yeah, we grew up. But these other these other cultures and stuff, they have a whole different, you know, uh, desire and and look at the world because they're not influenced by all this stuff that's been entrenched in our history. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's definitely definitely very interesting to like really think about it. Yeah, you know, this week I've been sitting with something really interesting that's really like liberated me, like made me think about shit so different. Like, well, I've already known this, but like I just came to a place of crystallization with it recently. Which is just like really just recognizing that like money isn't real. Like actually money, like as we understand it, is like just not real. Like it's just like a shared agreement. Like we just agree that this is a way that we can exchange value. But really what we want to like connect with is less of this green paper, right? And actually start and, and even beyond the green paper, but like because we know there's different ways of like you have to think about what is valuable. Like that's the thing about when we start. I've been at a space of like chasing versus attracting. The more you chase, the more you firm you don't have. Therefore, when you attract, you need to attract from a place of like deep resonance. You feel me? Um, I can't attract money if I don't, if I'm attracting money. You see what I'm saying? I need to be attracting value. I need to be attracting abundance. I need to be attracting prosperity. There was abundance and prosperity before there was money. Do you see what I'm saying? Abundance and prosperity just happens to manifest itself today in the form of having what we understand as money. But money doesn't make it's not it's not real. Do you see what I'm saying? Money could well, either be a doorway to like ha- like a prosperity or not. I don't know. I don't know how uh, I guess uh exposed to you guys you guys exposed you guys are to like buddhist um teachings but you know like the way you made me think of was like karma the karma like right the exchange of karma yeah i see you we were talking about jay shetty too i know i know i know i know know. Um, but you know how they talk about the the exchange of karma right and that and that being that that exchange of um instead of your green paper you're putting out you know that energy that value like colin was saying um instead of you know focusing on some piece of paper that might not even be obtained you know in a good way you know in a positive way that doesn't hurt other people because karma is about you know being very selfless and and you know looking out for other individuals and and treating others like how you want to be treated um and so there's like that interesting factor like other cultures and other religions and other you know uh philosophies they don't it's just a problem with capitalism but uh we're not getting all that but like it's it's I, people just gotta understand and open up their 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 mind to other 
things that are valuable to them. And that, and that can be, you know, things that they already see as valuable as their family. Um, but I think, you know, lies into your passion and like Colin said, the value that you're, you're exchanging with other people and, and what you're putting out there. Um, but yeah, this, this, this is a deep, deep deep dive into what I was saying about bouncing forward. <laughs> no, it's true though. Cause I think a big part of it too, is like, we have this huge loyalty to the status quo or this huge loyalty to how things have been. And I find that the antidote to standardization, the antidote to that is deviancy. To, devi- to, to choose yes. deviancy. Yes! Yes! No, we, this is what I'm on! Uh, he cracks me up, yo. I'm like, yeah, I just thought of this. And he was just like, this, but it's because Because you be saying the shit. You this is how saying- I feel, though. Like, they tell us, like, this is the way to do it. This is the way you have to do it in order to get to this white picket fence, success, whatever, however we define it. But what if you don't find define sex, success that way? You know, you have to- You're just hurting it. yourself. If you, you have if you to play- choose deviancy. Because but we're team- told, hold up, Colin, let me finish this, this thought. Mm. The thing is, by choosing deviancy, we are embracing what they qualify as sin. So here Wait, say we that are again. Say that again. I'm sorry. I forgot what I said. Um, sorry, just, <laughs> when we choose deviancy, we are choosing what they qualify as sin. So you are embracing what they qualify as evil, and that makes you bad. So you're deterred from doing it, and it, it keeps you imprisoned to what they deem as the you know the prison of the status quo, the standard the standardization, the the you know, the thing on the hill that we're all just like, yeah, y'all gotta go to this. It's a trap, but we're all a part of it. We're all a part of it, right? Cause I'm scared sometimes too to deviate. I'm scared too, cause there's no guarantee of a positive ending there because no one else has done what I want to do. So there's no guarantee for me that I know I'll do it right. But I know there's a guarantee if I follow the standardization path, I know that I'm gonna be able to retire at a certain time. I'm not gonna have kids, family, whatever the heck, whatever, whatever it is. I, I'll know I'll have it cause other people have had that. But if I choose this other path, I don't know that that's going to happen for me. It's it's a it's a big gamble that not everyone Alexa. is ready and willing to Alexa. pursue. Those, okay, go. I'm good now. That was amazing. That was beautiful. That was everything. That was that was. <laughs> Have you seen that thing where? <laughs> I think it's on like, I think it's like a morning show or something. It's like she's like, she's like she's like, groundbreaking. Cultural reset. We'll throw like a clip in, in the, the video. <laughs> Cult, cultural reset. <laughs> no, um, Alexa, those were my past two weeks. <laughs> those, what you said was Colin being challenged and stress for the past two weeks because I'm like, yo, everybody is, I was dealing with projection. It's heavy projection. And internalized notions that I gotta be something else when I just am. Thank you for saying that. To me just being who I am rather than feeling like I must prescribe to some shit that ultimately gonna harm me. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the freedom of deviancy as well, especially, and let's talk about it from a black lens because we're gonna keep it real, right? As, I mean, at the very least, so I'm, I am not first gen in terms of like my family, I being the first one, my grandparents were the first ones to come here, but there's this this measure of stay safe, stay on that safe path. Cause we know that we're gonna be good if you stay on that safe path. Don't do nothing crazy. Don't go and finish college, go and get your first job, go and get your 401k, go and get that house, you know, do what everyone else is doing because we have seen that work. 
that they already took that huge gamble of coming to this country or at the very least just being black in this country, that huge risk of that alone. So why would you accept more sin, deviancy hmm. of that status quo into, into what's already a gamble in and of itself? We have that added pressure, that added projection from our parents, from our peers who have similar life, um, who have similar backgrounds to us in terms of you know, our ethnicities um, and just being black in general that are so much heavier to navigate. I have white friends who do not have to think about this stuff. Their parents are like, go do you. We, we struggled so you didn't have to. Go love, go love life. Go do, go on a trip to Paris today. If you, what, I literally have friends who do this. And I'm like, I, I cannot, I cannot. That is not the story that I have been told. That is not what I've been told to seek out. That is not the status quo that I was put on, the standardization that I was put on. If I do that, I'm deviating hard. I'm choosing that heavy sin. So it's heavy too, and you have to. I love that you talk about deviance as sin because this is hidden on a lot of stuff. The reason why I love that you call it sin is because sin is also just a word. And it's actually more in reference to what you mentioned as deviance and more specifically unconsciousness. Eckhart Tolle talks about sin more as unconsciousness, but because um, what's unconscious in somebody isn't inherently immortal, because mm-hmm. the goal is actually to integrate subconscious into consciousness. Carl Jung talks about this as individual individuation. When you, the goal of the person per se, the goal of the in, of the actualized person is to integrate their subconscious into their consciousness in order to become individuated and therefore essentially enlightened. Um, uh, so this is a psychologist who is just like very spiritual. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, this is like, I'm very interested in all this. I'm like, this is shit that I like have liked for a long time. I have a mandala tatted on me. Don't apologize, <laughs> I like this about you. So like the fact that you call it sin is very effective because society treats it like sin. What is sin? What is sin? Sin is this thing that's like supposed to take you away from God. What is God? God is the thing that you fear. God is the thing that makes you aware of your mortality. Interesting. I've effectively, never heard of that effectively, God is that whatever you're afraid of, because that thing is powerful. Oh, that, that's what's powerful. That's what you think is more powerful than you. That's what you think. That's what you think can destroy you. Security has become God for people. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Therefore, I need to, I need therefore, deviation. Therefore, deviation is a sin. Hmm. Anyways, I'm not getting into too much. What no, I'm trying to say I, is I, like, I know I, I got you, yeah. You see, I, I'm, I'm getting at some shit. I didn't know if we was yeah, trying yeah, to do yeah, this, yeah. but no, we no, can no, do no, it. Okay. I we bringing Jung in. We I brought. <laughs> anyways, what I'm trying to say is like, every human expression is valid. Every human expression is valid. We actually made morality up because it serves us. And from a societal perspective, some things, if we decide, if we all can agree that one thing is something is bad, something's a sin, then we can actually hopefully steer society in, in a way that's more productive to the outcomes that we want from a society. And if you have a society that's like, well-intentioned, then sure, but we've lived in a of a egoic society. Another word for ego is insanity. What's insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's the core of how the ego works. The ego doesn't go anywhere. The ego just goes in circles. It doesn't, there's no resolution in ego. So what I'm trying to say is in an egoic society, you, uh, in societies generally, we create morals. 
in an egoic society, it's otherwise an insane society, we create morals from that, from that place. Um, and therefore, um, the unconsciousness becomes sin. Unconsciousness becomes what you say is not something that you are conscious of or something that you do not think is part of your self-understanding. A lot of this is psychology, right? So the ego is like your self-concept and your identity to others. It's also how you understand yourself. And it's like the difference between, you guys know, like you or um, Freud, like have you guys ever seen like the, 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 uh, so there's like the id, so like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like ego is what separates you from unconsciousness. So ego actually has a purpose. Like it's not like inherently wrong. It can be very problematic, but it's actually the difference between you and your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. subconscious influences 90% of your experience. You actually have thousands of thoughts a day, but you're not aware of them. So when you try to change yourself, you're actually trying to change your subconscious. Your subconscious is what we understand in the societal perspective as sin. Deviants are just what we think is not valid but everything is valid. There is people who moved a certain way at their time that, we, that became the standard. But when they were moving like that, they were deviant relative to society at that time. Society would tell them you're being sinful, you're being invalid. But because they deviated, they created new standards. Mm. Mm. Are you trying to see oh, what I'm snap. saying? Oh, snap. I feel you. I, that, that clicked. That's what clicked. I needed that to click. Because when you said God as fear, I was like, I'm not familiar with that. Word, with that. I, I, that's, that's a little, that's, I, that's a deep one. I'm familiar I can, with it. I can but qualify that, that one a little more. But. Bro, that hit a, let me write this. Yeah. It, it goes into the innovation and creativity of, of humanity, right? And you can see that it's a mo more, um, I guess, a more potent example of what you can relate to right now is like looking at the, the um, economic systems that are changing, right? So like people are accepting cryptocurrency and that was a deviation from the traditional, you know, society of exchanging paper money. Um, paper money is a, a different uh, deviation once from a, deviation, a yeah. gold, the gold standard. And when they got rid of the gold standard, everyone was like, what the hell? Like, you know, whatever. And it's just backing by the country. Um, and so those simple deviations, and even though it's self-serving for you know um, capitalism, it it those are just very potent examples that come to mind. But like you said, things that things are deviations. Jesus was a deviation, you know, and then his own people killed him. And like it's like these, and then the world, things, he was yeah, like the main it. character uh, yeah. of the world for like yeah, hundreds yeah. of years because, <laughs> of the West. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's a thing because people find that okay, this amazing. deviationist person. We, we, we scrutinize this. They, they made the mistake. Oh, we did all this. But then if it serves us and we can use this to, you know, fulfill something else, then all right, let's go and, and, and jump on it. And then this is like the, you know, they're going to, we're going to disappear by the CIA. If we keep talking, but like, <laughs> this is, you know, this is how it works. And um, no, like, we're getting to like, this is the real, this is like, if we wanted to talk real. about it, this is the real. <laughs> Period. Like this you see it with relationships too. Like what back in the day, polyamorous relationships. What? That's deviant. Uh, to, heck, even LGBTQ. But it always. IA, but it wasn't. But my, there's a lot. Of, no, I don't want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. But like, for, like we, it's collaborative interruption, bro. It's okay right yeah. now. Like, like the whole polyamorous thing. Like it, it hit me because it's like from a. 
the way we think about time is flawed. Yeah, yeah, because that wasn't that wasn't weird back, you know, two two thousand years ago. Because that was how it worked in certain societies. It's you're taking from our society half the time. I think that's really exactly going exactly what we're talking about is the human condition. The human condition has existed for so much longer than most of us understand. There has been a multitude of variation of how somebody just exists in a valid way. Whether or not they're supported by the external or not reflects the moment in time that they're in or wherever they're in. There were motherfuckers who were fucking definitely LGBTQIA in ancient Greece comfortably. 100%. Motherfuckers was in, like there were cultures and who were like validated by their society being polyamorous. Polygamy was like normal in certain societies. So what I'm trying to say is deviance is relative. Relative to the dominant culture, though. I think because you have less dominant dominant culture according to time. Therefore, so is standardization. This notion that you're wrong, that it's Mm -hmm. a sin. That's why the word sin was so powerful, Alexa. That's why the word sin was so effective. The notion that you're wrong to do something is disprove. You'd literally disprove it because it's like, you see what, do you guys see what I'm saying? Yeah. Relativity disproves stagnant morality, static morality. Do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. No, like you feel me? Because we exist in a space where we're just like, it has to be this. The reason why that's wrong is because it's already been many ways. Validly. The reason why you can even say it has to be this is because it wasn't this before. This is just logic. And all I'm saying is just like, people are hammering. We are like stifling souls. We are telling people they can't be because it's a sin to just be what it feels like you are. When the truth is, you very much can because that's what humans have been doing the whole time. For somebody to sit here and tell you you that you got to be one thing or the other is a reflection of them, not you. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Therefore, you you don't. Anyways, I'm sorry. Your only role here is to just actualize. Your only role is to actualize. Lean into your authentic expression. Feel your spirit. Feel yourself. Your soul. That's what you're supposed to be here to do. Anything that makes you feel out of accordance with that, mm-hmm. don't play that. Don't don't participate in that. Because your only role is not to be here as Alexa to like get a job, get a 401k and be successful. That's fine, but then you could die. I'm just being very honest with you, Alexa. You can be doing every single thing right. Every single thing that the world told you to do and die tomorrow. So the reason why that's important is because you have to make the choice right now. And the only thing that is real, which is the now, which is the moment that you're experiencing. This moment is the only real thing. You feel me? The future is imagined right now. You're imagining that. Therefore, security is illusory, which is why it's insanity to make security God. That's what I've been sitting with this for the past couple of weeks. And it's just been crazy to me because I'm just, I was struggling because I was dealing with projection and I'm still a human being. I have, I care. I love my family. I don't want to hurt anybody. My mom told me she was mourning the version of me that she thought I was going to be. I mean, what? That's hard. Oh my gosh. Jesus you feel me? My dad told me the same thing, yo. 
Like nobody needs to hear that. And I know she didn't mean it in like a terrible way, but nobody needs to hear that because I'm just trying to be me. My so, therapist told me that I'm being radical by just doing me. Like if I stayed home and didn't go to GW and just figured out whatever it was that I was going to do, and maybe that may not be the decision, but just the notion of making that decision, you know, because I was doing me, that's, that's just, it's radical. Shouldn't be, but it is. You doing you is radical. Whatever wow. thing is, and you're, if you do it, it's radical because you're, you're, you're denying every force that's telling you shouldn't do it. Wow. This, this goes back to what I was saying about enlightenment, right? You are tied to these people and they have their opinions. And if you were doing yourself, you reach your own enlightenment. And so what, what this society has to navigate is hedging your own enlightenment. And so what I mean by hedging your own enlightenment is doing enough that fits that status quo and that routine. Um, but still pursuing what you want to do and what you want to be um, because you still, you know, if you want to be successful and, and we are not calling for a revolution, um, but without a revolution, you're going to have to navigate in this world and, and have these earthly ties to these people. And so by doing that, you hedge your risk um, by, you know, operating this capitalist system, using, you know, money, using, you know, buying assets and doing this wealth building and having the security here um but also doing what you want you're passionate about and so there's like this interesting balance like you have to go through school you have to do this because the people that just go out the jump and risk it all tend to fail a lot because everyone society shuns them and you can't really operate in a society if you are, are shunned unfortunately um unless you go and and commit to full enlightenment outside of society and so you know that's what i'm kind of hearing um from this discussion is that you know a lot of times people that are entrenched in that insanity cycle of being clinging to securing what they know um, will push it on to other people and not mm. give them space to grow and know who they are. Exactly. Man, Sky, that's, I, oh, y'all, y'all wow. on this shit that I'm, wow. this conversation, because like literally I just feel so like, this is just what I've been going through. So I just like really appreciate that we're like talking about this. Of course. I've, like, been, I've, been, I've been trying to process all of this and like y'all are like hitting on some things that's been really helpful for me. Cause Sky, like that's the dance that I'm going through. Because like now you guys understand, like, it's like, that's why I'm going to school. I came to these conclusions and recognized all of this. That's why I leaned towards staying, towards staying home at first. I'm just like, I, you know, cause I, re- I realized all of what we're talking about. But then I realized I'm like, going off of what you said earlier, Alexa, which is like, who, who's to say that it will, it will work? And that scared the shit out of me for one. I've already put three years in all that type of shit. That's, that's so, I only got one more year. So it's just like, it's not that serious. Like, like me doing this revolutionary thing to like not go back is revolutionary at the same time. It's like one year is not that serious, but at the same time on some sky shit that what he just said was just like, dog, it's like, man, like it, it, let's say I do fail and, and I, you know, or I do go through some hardship or whatever, you know, it's like, damn, it's just, like, it's just harder to play the game of society. Cause you gotta play it. Like, it's so unfortunate. I mean, unless I become a monk, like, I got to like try to, you know, do this dance of securing like wealth and fulfillment and and some relative security, even though that shit is illusory regardless, but like some form of like knowing that I'm bringing money in and so that I could like maintain a lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully a fulfilling lifestyle that within that lifestyle, I can be doing things that like bring, you know, some enlightenment to me, you know, but you have to participate in, in insanity a little bit. You I, have, I think if, and I hate especially, that, but you have to, unless you just like completely remove yourself from all of it, which would, and, and this would be like the proverbial, this would be like the monk. <laughs> this would be like me becoming a monk, a proverbial, like, yeah. 
to some extent, we all have to invest in the illusion. Um, I don't think this was recorded in the last. I just episode. love like, the Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm full of one-liners. But you sure are. Um, <laughs> but but I don't think this was recorded in our last uh last episode. Like after we finished uh the episode recording and like just for you know shooting the shit. I think so. A large part of like the human mind. My mentor was telling me about this. Part of the brain requires context in order to operate, and yeah. if context is not provided we make it up just so that we can do whatever task is put in front of us and do it. So because often we have to make up that context, we create a fake reality, an illusion. And because, you know, we were talking about before yeah. about like who owns the imaginary from which we live yeah. in this country, um, and not just this country, this world, honestly, the white imaginary, the white yeah. male imaginary, yeah. it is their illusion that we must subscribe yeah. to. Oh my. So how, so how suffocating is that? Not only to, you know, if you dare to deviate and embrace that sin and choose your own path of enlightenment, not only are you then not qualified or legitimized by the world that you need to operate within because you ain't about to go to another planet, but at the <laughs> same time, you are also risking forcing your relatives to grieve you. You may, you may be right yeah. there. That's how you were talking about, about your mom mourning the version of you that she saw for yourself me mourning or my father mourning me the version that he saw of myself becoming we are forcing them into this phase of mourning that you don't want them to you don't want to be the cause of hurt to those right. that love you. but you have to in order to, to free not, yourself in order to free yourself so it's such a space and of not to come to that's insanity why, that's why we define exactly that's why we define it as a prison because on one side you, you know, it's the world that you are that you are leaving. And the other side is your family and your friends that you are also leaving and hurting. It is this emotional prison, this also financial this one, and also dilemma. it's always It's this social dilemma that we can't escape. This is the shit that I was on, yo. Literally, Alexa, I'm so happy we're having this is y'all really hitting. This is so helpful for me right now. I just wanted to say that because this is what I've been sitting with, y'all. That's why I was so stressed for the past two weeks. I'm just like, I was just trying to do what was right for me, but I felt so bad. I didn't want to like stress my mom out. But at the same time, it's like, bro, I still got to play this game. You think what I loved, I loved what you said when you explained the whole, how you qualified the illusion point and how like humans or the psychology of the human brain is such that you need to create context in order to navigate a situation. Um, that's very, very true, but we've been living on this larger scale illusion. And if that's real, like that's, and it's, and it's skewed white and male, like that is very real. So it's I, a weakness and a strength. Like I was talking about this in my speculative anthropology class, dope anthropology class. We were just talking about sci-fi and dystopians and everything, but we were talking yeah. about how like so often when you watch these movies with aliens and they talk about how humans are so weak because we rely on context for everything. And we rely on this and that and this to make sense. It's like, just deal with what you have in front of you. Why do you have to get context? Just do what you have to do. But we need the context. It's, it's partially a strength because I do believe that it's a strength to be able to create context, to create beauty out of things. I think that is what a lot of art is. It's us creating context from our lived experiences. And it's a beautiful thing, but at the same time, it can also be a weakness where it feeds into this prison. This I instructed you though, keep No, going. no, this is, I'm loving that you said that. This is why I do this. This is what I'm, why I'm on what I'm on, which is like the 
curious like i've spent a lot of time like that's why that's why i might like start leaning into psychology guys i don't know why but it's just like i've just developed the passion for the human condition and it's mm. like it's a lot of philosophies in this too but like i don't know i just the spirituality shit that i've been on this past year i've read so many books i've just like developed an interest for this shit but anyway so if i go back to school and i'm continuing with school and shit like at least now i have something that i know i'm interested in but like all right so like you brought up something really important and like let's talk about this thing this is sort of philosophical but it's also somewhat psychology it's like psychological right the thing that makes humans humans is that we can ascertain meaning over our own experiences that's really important that's really important when thinking about the human experience here's what's something that's central to spirituality and meditation and a lot of things things just are things just are as they are mm -hmm right? The universe is like sort of neutral. <laughs> like nothing really matters. Things matter to the extent that we make it matter. Like when based off of what we, how we meet what's happening in our experience, that's what makes it what it is. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a really, it's a really, it's a really, it's really important. It's really, really important when you start thinking about the human condition. There's something, have you ever spoke to a friend and they're really troubled about something and you understand it, but you're just like, damn, like I, you wouldn't feel what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. The reason why they're feeling it is because they're feeling it. What's happening to them is just what's happening. It just is, but their thoughts, whatever triggers they've gone through, whatever they've gone through in their experience, their reaction to what happened changes what happens to them. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So what I'm getting at is this is really important when we start talking about contextualization. This is the human condition. This is the human brain. Humans make meaning. Things just are. So we make meaning. Mm -hmm. Depending on your internal relationship, the meaning that your external has for you reflects your internal state. That's why when people are depressed, things feel so heavy, so uninspired. World seems blue. You are, it seems bleak. Your experience will always just be your experience. But the external reflects the internal as within, so without. So if you are in a state of inner turmoil, regardless of whatever your, the external objects of your experience are, you will feel however, like for example, you could be very wealthy, but miserable. Do you see what I'm saying? Because it does not matter what's happening on the outside. What matters is what's happening on the inside because that's, that's what you draw upon when creating meaning in context. That's the importance of enlightenment. The external, we think about things externally. Like a lot of times we talk about salvation externally. We talk about like, that's why we, we create societies that's like investing in futures. Why mm. investing mm. in now? I was reading Jay Shetty's book and he talked about when he went to the ashram and spoke to a young monk. And the young monk talked about what they were teaching, like some of the foundational teachings at the beginning of school. Um, in these in these spaces at the monk school, and he's like he's like so what is the what's the first thing you learned when you went to school, Jay? He's like oh like the alphabet like you know shit like this. The monk was like we teach the breath, we teach breathing, because no matter what happens in your life, what stays consistent so long as you're alive, your breath, your breathing. They're not investing in the future; they're investing in presence because that's the doorway to be able to transcend 
the egoic mind that will influence your ability to ascertain meaning over what's happening. Things always will just be. You need to be able to get to a place where you can accept things as they are. That's enlightenment. Mm. We create salvation in the future. We we are bringing up societies that are constantly poised outside of what's happening right now because they think that they'll become a more full version of themselves later. You're the most full version of yourself now. So now the question becomes, how can, how can I go for my goals? How can I be motivated, but not strive? How can I be motivated and want things out of my life, but accept things as they are? This is when things become challenging. Spiritual becomes paradoxical, but there are, there are answers. But my point is, I won't get there yet, <laughs> but it's the things that I'd be going to. <laughs> The reason why I'm bringing this up is because what you said was very real and it just touched a lot for me because it's just like, yeah, this whole humans need context is like the center, that's like central to our experience. Like that's what we go through. Like, it's not like, that's what I'm trying to say when I say it's not that serious. Mm -hmm. when, when Usually what we're reacting to are just external objects of our experience. So what you need to do is go inwardly. I was talking to my friend yesterday and he was, we were talking about like a lot of stuff and we were talking about, he like brought up psychopaths and then we're like, he was like, so what do you do in the face of a psychopath? Like what, like we're talking about morality and we're like, like why, you know what I'm saying? Like if, we, if, we're, if we're talking about like things and if it's not good or bad and it's just like, does it serve or does it not serve? Then like, you know, if human connection and, uh, this, and the sense of connectedness is, is serviceable, then what about this, the, the psychopath or the sociopath who doesn't have any emotions? And, I'm like, right? and I'm like, but I'm, I'm like, even that person's valid. The question thereafter becomes what part of me thinks the psychopath isn't valid? Do you see what I'm trying to say? I do. Wow. Carl talks in depth, in bulk about the things. Self-observation is like a tenant of spirituality. The reason why is because you need to observe your mind. You need to, this is called mindfulness, you know, you need to observe yourself non-judgmentally. The more you can be non-judgmental to yourself, the less judgment you'll have towards others. And the less judgment you have towards others, the less judgment you have towards yourself. When I think about somebody and I think there's something wrong with this person, this person's bad. Why? Think about that. That will help you integrate your subconscious. I'm subconsciously holding a belief about another person. That subconscious belief is influencing my conscious experience. Thereafter, when I challenge that subconscious belief and I think, why do I think that? Why do I think this person is invalid? And I realize, and I come to a deeper place of understanding, I've just freed myself. The mm. ego weeps, but the spirit rejoices. <laughs> Sorry, but I needed to breathe. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna take full credit for that quote. I saw it somewhere. I think I saw it like <laughs> that quote I saw somewhere. But it was really powerful when I saw wow. it. Wow. That hit. I, what you said hit me. That's why I said what I like. <laughs> so I, like, I may not exclaim, but I gotta breathe for a minute. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like what you said, like that's why you brought me to this. <laughs> wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the podcast three. <laughs> I know. Not as good more content. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh my God.
Gosh. It's real though. Like that's what, listen, bro. Oh, that's why I be saying. That's why I be on what I'm on. Like, and I'm I'm very I'm very aware of myself now. I have a lot of self judgment. Like I'm like I like see it. Like I meditate. All, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know why I'm qualified. See, I meditate every single day because like I recognize that like I've been I've been so freed by like mindfulness because just mm -hmm. being able to observe yourself is the start, right? And I observe a lot of self-judgment. Like I'm very critical. And I recognize that like, that's like not, like it comes from like, I think it's, I think like when I think about the root of it, I think it comes from a well-intentioned place. But I also think that it's, 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 it's due to projection. I also think it's because I'm like a black man. I think that I'm constantly trying to determine whether or not I'm doing the right thing. Like, am, am I taking up space correctly? Which is a wild question. What the yeah. fuck does that even mean? How do you take up space correctly? You just take up space. But when you're a black man, you've been taught, or a black person, you've been taught that you have to take up space a certain way, or there, or or your external could be could represent a threat to you. So you internalize self judgment. You internalize self criticism. I'm constantly iterating. Just be. No. We gotta let that okay. simmer. <laughs> yeah. just gotta let it simmer, bro. Like just let it simmer. Yeah, man. There's a lot. It's, same, it's the same for me too. Like I don't meditate, but I journal. That's how I observe my mind. That's, That's how I'm mindful. Yeah. And then I'll read back. Right? You know, like I'll read back stuff that I've written. So I've been journaling since I was eight years old. I'll read mm -hmm. back stuff from years ago, and I'm just like, wow, why did I think that? Why did I approach a situation that? Why did I feel yeah. that way about that? Because I don't feel like that anymore yeah and it's like understanding like how you're talking about how i took up space then and how that informed how others interacted with me and yeah. therefore my my perspective of how the world interacted with me and yeah. thinking personally like there's so many different ways to observe your minds you know be, i love that definition of it i'm a big i'm really big into word choice i think words uh -huh. absolutely matter uh -huh. diction matters uh -huh. and that means that definitions matter because how yeah. one person defines a particular word and how another defines a particular word yeah. is going to inform the way that they are approaching a certain a certain conversation right. right so giving that definition to enlightenment of accepting things as they are and that definition to mindfulness as observation of the mind yeah like, i didn't think of mindfulness that way but it's not how i find it before but now that you and, said and that, i would I'm say like, introspection oh. is is like is like spiritual i think introspection is a spiritual thing yeah man. i think like you journaling at eight like or like you journaling like it, any form of introspection is very is like is is important so long as like you're, it's not doesn't become like the mind because the mind is like whoa like you gotta be very careful of that shit. You have to recognize that like the devil the devil is like a metaphor like the devil is the metaphor for ego and pride, right? Yes. So like like all of the like religious texts are helpful so long as you're just not reading them from an egoic perspective. If as long as you're not like being um, it's like it's not becoming dogma, you know. As long as it's not these like institutions of like man mind, and and ego, uh, you know that's very problematic. But once you can really try to resonate with what's being said. Um, you can learn about it. When when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven after death, he's talking about ego transcendence. He's talking about the death of, of this individualized illusion of self mm. and the liberation into the eternal life. What's eternal? What's time? Infinity. All time is just now. It's not like a line. It's just all happening right now. So if you disconnect from the illusion of separate self um, and you are connected with eternal life, which is just, all, always happening you free yourself you're connected with the whole universe which is heaven it's bliss it's nirvana or enlightenment 
this is what all the, this is what Christ was trying to explain to us. I haven't spent a lot of time with like learning about Christ consciousness. Um, Cause that's, that's like a super prominent thing too, but it's just like, I don't know. I, the reason why I talk about a lot of this is because I'm like, doing a lot of, I'm like, that's why I've been stressed <laughs> because I know like, I've been at this place of just like realizing all these really profound and powerful things. And then I'm just like, damn, how does it, but I still got to like navigate. Like I still got to like be calm and figure out my life, dog. You can't I, be up in the clouds all the time. I all the time. That's the my fucking way. Aquarius, bro. That's my Aquarius, yo. That's my like, <laughs> air, that's my air sign. I'll be like in the clouds, but then my Scorpio comes in and I'll be emotional. And then my Gemini comes in and I'll be like everywhere. Anyways, what I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say is like, listen, like, you know, like this create, I, I think these reflections are really, I, I think the profundity is important and profundity is profundity because it, it, it hits some form of accord you know what i'm saying mm. um i think that we don't that's why i'm so interested by psychology because i think none of us really understand the way our like minds really work and i don't mean that on some of psychology term i mean like the basics of just like subconscious versus ego versus conscious like that's like so important um, and like, in terms of like some of the spiritual work that I've been doing, like, I, I think that like going back to that helps me really understand this. your subconscious really influences a lot. I don't know. I'm not getting into that. But what I'm trying to say is just like, I was raised Christian. I was raised like literally in a Catholic background, but like mainly just on some, like I was taught about God and Christ. Right. Um, and I was taught about, I was taught about it in a way that was probably like less, like more religious than spiritual. Yeah. Same here. And now that I've been revisiting my under, my understanding of God and Christ spiritually rather than religiously, it's just dramatized a lot of how I think about God. Um, and I'm realizing that like, I, how could I have been like all of these things that my mom talks to me about, you know, and like my family or whatever, like these things that center my experience, God should be central to your experience, like believe in Christ all through all the Christ, through, in Christ, all things are possible. That's actually real. We're talking about connecting to yourself beyond the illusion of a separate self beyond ego when you recognize that you are all things and not just like separate you become connected to the spirit of incarnation we're just experiencing um the manifest we're experiencing the manifested experience right now there is also the unmanifested experience god is actually formless the more time you spend with the formless, the more the more that the more that you can influence form. I think I spent a lot of time challenged because I'm just like, damn, I gotta navigate these spaces. I gotta like deal with life. When really, like, I was raised as a Christian to, to to taught that my life was supposed to get me to heaven. But then I learned that like heaven happens during life, and when I die, I don't die as I Colin stops because all things is impermanent. So Colin stops existing infinity consistent and contingent with infinity infinite in order for infinity to exist impermanence must therefore colin will stop being colin but my energy as colin will just become something else so while so long as i'm here consciously aware of the, my experience now i can consciously experience bliss i can consciously experience nirvana or i can experience hell hell is happens on earth you can experience hell you can experience who where, where's where is the devil Where's hell? Where's hell? Who lives in hell? The devil. What is the devil a metaphor of? Ego. Mm. Insanity. 
have you ever been in life and it's just like this is hell like this is like that's because you're you're dealing with like the you're dealing with the like offshoots of ego that's why i'm just like oh and i know I, sometimes when i say things it sounds funny and it sounds like i'm wilding or whatever but that's why i'm just like yo should i just like <laughs> this monk shit <laughs> I'm just at that place. I, I I don't think that's what my purpose was. I don't think that maybe I I think that I was supposed to figure out what I don't know. I don't have the answers, and that's another thing. I don't have the answers all of them, um, and that's another thing. You're closer to the truth when you say you don't know, but it's just that like, you know, like I I I think that like I'm just like I realized that like I literally was raised Christian to like think that like my life was meant to be to to like serve God and like bring me to heaven. But now that I've realized that like heaven doesn't happen after I die, I don't just like keep this identity. I don't just like die and go to like sky, go to the sky with with um, the sky daddy. Like, like this, like very, like, very like, you think about the history of humanity, very like influence, like patriot. Like we have this like old white man that we think God is, or we think Jesus is some white guy. Think about it. It's a product of like the society spaces. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like religion becomes egoic. Yeah. Um, it's another it's another structure you know it's because you, another, you said another structure to control what people should be following like you said the moral set so they can create achieve that white you know um uh fantasy illusion right yeah and so you have all this stuff happening and 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 religion has its truths and it has the falsities that people yeah. use it to control it and that's why we say you know every book has a different you know um uh goal in the mind of the reader and you have to really take in and learn a little bit of everything in order to understand the bigger picture yeah. um and they all have like important philosophies but i think the thing that really trips people up and like people get really worried about the future like you said and everyone worries about the future but the, the, the fact is and this goes back to the mindfulness thing is that the only guaranteed moment in your life is the now the present yeah. And, you know, and that's what mindfulness practices is, is that you are assessing the present um, and it's good to reflect, but it, that's that happened in the past. You should be clinging exactly. to the past and you shouldn't right. be worrying about the future because when you get into that cycle, then you get into this clean for security. Exactly. Um, and what's interesting, we were talking about all, the, all about Jesus and stuff. And I was thinking about Joey, Joey Badass, the song, Jesus View, bro. Jesus and, then, view. Uh, and then the lyric where he goes, and we probably share a trait or two, but I can't see well, I can't relate to, hey, Jesus, will I ever get to see you through my Jesus, my Jesus which Jesus. also can sound like Hazel, uh, Hazel, um, what's it, Hazel, uh, Hazel eyes, it was like, you can look you through my Hazel hue, and, and, you know, looking through your eyes and seeing the present now, but you can never see, Ooh. you know, Jesus happened in the past, so you can't look back, and he also is what, you know, Christianity has set for the future to come back, but will you ever see it? No, you have to access yourself, but you are him, right? Exactly. All Christ consciousness is. We all are Christ. You need to look inward. Christ was trying to explain that there's God is accessible through you. It's inward, right? Um, the returning of Christ is the returning of consciousness. That's the returning of consciousness. That's how, that's the next step of human evolution. Otherwise, we'll probably just kill ourselves. Like, that's just, that's just the truth. Let's <laughs> just be honest. We, what, the way we've been moving for the past hundred thousands of years, like the past couple hundred, it's not sustainable. We'll just like either kill ourselves or destroy the world. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's just literally not sustainable. 
Um, albeit humans weren't always like this. There was there was a pre there was a time before this this like era this like age of ego we've been in for like hundred a couple hundred thousands of years, where like we were awakened. Um, but this resurgence, this return of the re second coming of Christ, is going to be um, essentially like the right version of consciousness. It's hard for me to explain this, but like I read this too. All I'm trying to say is just like I'm realizing more and more that like that's really why I'm like no matter how much motherfuckers want to stress me out about like this religion of security <laughs> I realize that I could die tomorrow so it's just like I just want to like do my part to appreciate what's in front of me to experience Christ experience God in every moment I try to live from an from a perspective of recognition of these truths the biggest everything we enjoy in life comes from the same place which is us being all like when you feel joy it's because you were like really present for what was happening you were experiencing it beyond yourself that feeling is constantly accessible to you so anything you would be striving for you already have do you see what i'm saying it's just a different incarnation of it. Like if I'm like successful one day, yay, I feel good, I'm valuable. Yay, I did it. I can look inwardly right now and recognize that. Do you see what I'm saying? That's just a moment for like five minutes. I did it. And then I'm like, okay, what's next? I want it again. I want more of it. And that's the insanity part coming back in with the addiction. And this is why you see Yep. How the system in this illusion is fleeting because of all the drug abuse you see in, in the world, right? Like you have the people kind of get that escapism and get that quick enlightenment and that quick validation through, yeah. you know, abusing drugs and stuff like that and, and other toxic things that hurt them internally um, just so they can feel and get out of this, you know, mindset. Because these people might be the ones that want to diverge and want to get away from it, but the system is putting them down in the sense of security so they say they give all cautions to the wind and become into this addicted insanity cycle. I find that's where purpose really comes into play, where yeah. you need to have a purpose. Why are you seeking out this this form of this form of capitalistic success, form of wealth as success? For me, like I know my purpose is so that I can reach that point so I can give to my friends, so I can give to my chosen family what they need to fulfill their own definitions of success. Like I have a dear friend who you know, struggling with student loans. I'm just like, damn, like if I just had the money, I would just give it to her. And I know her pride wouldn't take it. She would want to pay me back on a monthly thing, whatever, go ahead, pay me back. I'm pulling it right back to you anyway. But like that matter of being able to do that, that would be my purpose. So it's like, at least at the very least, once I reach that form of success for myself, it's not just a five second, oh, I got here and, uh, you know, back to normal, back to, back to my regular frequency. I can keep going and keep vibrating high because I have to, so that I can maintain that love success for myself and fulfill my purpose of giving to my chosen family. That's a really- On a consistent so basis. Oh, wow. Like you have, like, what are you reaching success for yourself? How selfish so is that? I, I think so is, selfish. This is, this is, I'm loving, this is so- Like you gotta do it for others. I see these gated communities, these people that got success and keep it to themselves. What are you doing? It bothers yeah. me so much. I think about this all the time. I see these gated communities. I see these homes with the police on every corner because they don't want certain people in those communities. I'm just thinking to myself, like, mm -hmm. bro, so you made all this 
to hold on for it for yourself. And especially the ones that don't have kids, right? The ones that are not giving it to the posterity. It's just for them and that's it. What give while you are alive. While you're alive. Give to those that are a part of your purpose, that are a part of what you value in life. I'm not saying you have to give to everyone. I'm saying like, what are your interests? What's important to you? Give to that in some way that best works for you. And it's not necessarily a matter of giving of finance. It doesn't have to be giving money. It can be giving your time. The most valuable assets are time. The most valuable assets in this world are time and energy. And energy. The poor man's man's currency is time and energy. When when, (laughs) When someone is giving me their time and their energy, for me, I feel highly esteemed, I feel incredibly grateful and privileged because they are giving to me what they will no longer ever be able to gain back. They are giving to me their time and their energy in that moment. So I wanna make sure that they are being fed from whatever interaction they are having with me. The same should be for what they do once they reach whatever level of success that they have for themselves. Give your time and give your energy. For me, that's what real like community service is too. Like why do we this mentorship? Why do we this? Um, these forms of giving that are intangible. It, 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 it can create tangible assets for those people because they, you gave them your time and their energy. They can create from that because you have given to them these mindsets and these insights and these advice and whatever that they can build off of. Don't this, that too. Time and energy is huge, but also make sure that you know you have a purpose for that success. Anyway, bro, like, I feel very strongly Oh, you are spit. I, I love, that was... <laughs> no and i yeah so oh man it's crazy because when you oh you been this is the shit that i be ah like i, I literally you right, know so, looks like i might not always have money but i will always have time i will always have energy and that's what and energy, i rely on now i believe i believe that's like the most valuable like i think that's what i was trying to say like a little earlier when we were talking about money or whatever like i'm sorry to talk about like what's real value like real value is like time i think cole said something recently on his album about this um He's like, it's, oh, it's really, it's more, it's really about time. You'll understand that line when you see how I spend mine, some shit like that. Um, it's not about money. It's more about time, some shit like that. Um, and actually we can draw this in a little bit. Um, so like the other part I was going to make, uh, responding to some of the things you said, which was like, I really, really wait, can like. I say, can I say real quick, just before you, before you go off and give yeah. like these gems, let me just real quick, just say I think this level of success is, it's just a higher frequency of what you're already doing. However you already feel right now is going to just be magnitude, just magnified once you reach that level of success that you view in your mind, right? At least in terms of all that money that you're gonna get out of the house, whatever, defining it that way. So what you're doing right now is stay consistent with that so that you can vibrate on a higher frequency once you get there. So for right now, like I remember for a long time, I was feeling so bad because so many people have given to me tangible things that have been so immensely helpful for me, but I was not in the position to be able to give them tangible things. I was broke. I didn't have the money. I'm on that college student grind, didn't have it. And so here I am feeling less than because I can't give to the extent that they have given me. So what I can give is the poor man's rich, is the poor man's assets, the time and my energy. I will take time out of my day to call a friend, make sure you're good. I will take the energy to mentor somebody because it's the, the least I can do. But you saying that it is more than money, like hit a chord for me because I'm like, man, because someone could just throw money at a problem. But if they were to sit with you and spend their time, spend their energy on you, it just speaks such a higher volume. 
So this matter of when you reach that level of success, keep doing that, but you get to do it on a higher frequency. I get to give more of my time because now I'm spending, exactly. maybe I don't, you know, like that's what I'm saying. Like people say money doesn't bring happiness, but I think it brings the opportunity for happiness because you are then able to fulfill your purpose more because your time is not spent on things that you don't have to do. So like, for example, if I've got money, and, you know, like I don't have money, right? And I have to mow the lawn. I have to spend two hours mowing my, my lawn and I have to do that. I have to clean the house. I have to do that. That's time. But once I'm rich, I can afford to have somebody. Someone else do that, yeah. Somebody else do that. So I can spend my time on the things that With speak to my purpose. Care. Exactly. And that brings me happiness. So, okay, mm -hmm. money itself does not bring happiness, but it brings the opportunity for happiness to be invited more into your life because you are then able to invest more in your purpose, which brings you happiness. And, I feel you on that. Yeah. And I would say, you know, if you think about this, and I, I think I had this conversation with you guys before about how time moves and how time is um, a logarithm. And so it's a time's an appreciating asset when you think about it, because when you're one years old, you only have that one year to reflect. Um, and then every year that time is divided. So it goes by faster um, because, you know, one twenty-fifth of your life, you know, that one year out of being 25 is so much faster. And that's why time moves so much faster for you. So it's fleeting um, in a way because, you know, time is so much slower when you have less of it. But when you have more of it accumulated and it has passed already, um, it goes by faster and faster and faster. And there's that thing where, like, if you live to a certain age, you're more likely to have more time in the future. Um, but you don't know that. And it's like, you know, like a trough, right? So it depends on where you are in your life and where you, um, where it stands. But I think it's interesting how it passes and how you value it and how you uh, uh, plan to take care of it and give it out. Um, because, you know, you have to really assess uh, where that time is in your, in your, you know, in your life. Yeah. Absolutely. Was, it's, that like that, it's like that line, that common, uh, that line he wrapped in um, Selma, was it like the young people's energy and the old people's with old people's was the young people's energy something like y'all know what i'm talking about oh it's gonna bother me now common had that line in that summer rap hold on i'm gonna find it right now glory in glory i have it i have the lyrics give me one second because it just really spoke to me what you just said young people's energy it like really spoke hold on here it is no one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and the young people's energy. Welcome to the story we call victory. So this matter of like how you're talking about the older you get, I'm just thinking in my head, like the old man, the, our time as we get older, because we are informed by all the time we have already lived. Imagine the energy you spend then into your, like imagine how much more rich it is because of all you've already learned in your life, that wisdom that you have within you. Anyway, that, that really spoke to me. And you said, I was like, I have to say that really quick. Like the old people's, and then the young person's energy, how right now I have energy to give. But my time, the time that I have lived throughout my life, like, yes, I've learned things because I'm trying to be mindful. I try to observe my mind. But when I'm older, the amount I'm going to be able to give to people, y'all, the amount we're all going to be able to give to people because of so much more that we have learned, all the wisdom we have gathered, they're not ready. High key. Jeez, I just need to sit with a lot of what y'all said. Oh my gosh. Whoa. <laughs> They're not ready. The elders, bro. Like the elders. And then also just like, like, because that's that's why Afri ancient Africans used to, that's why you, they used to impress 
the importance of elders and ancestors too. Yes. Ancestral guidance is real. Ancestral guidance is real. Um, but like Asian African cultures were tapped all the way, <laughs> very tapped in. You know, some of the ancient cultures were, were way more aware than we are now. We just got disconnected. Hey, anyway. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you. I know we have to wrap up. I know we have to, but like we got what? Eight? We got a couple more. We, we got, got like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so what are your... What do you think of this now? Oh boy, I'm on it. Okay. <laughs> we live in a society, specifically an American society that promote, that is scared of aging. We, everything is about anti-aging. Stay youthful, which like, you know, um, fountain of youth, stay youthful. But here we are talking about how valuable and how quality our time is as our time and energy is as we get older because of the wisdom that we garner. And we were talking about deviancy too. I find that elders, I don't know about y'all, but my grandma, my grandpa, they say whatever comes to their mind. Deviancy, they embrace that. They say whatever they want to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, do we promote anti-aging to deter from deviancy? To deter, because like, I find that the older we get, the less we care what others think. Yeah, because life will teach you. Life is just the long Let's hope the longer you live, the more you can realize, like, you can wake the But they don't up. want you. But they don't want you. Like, to let's realize. hope, like, let's hope the longer you live, like, the, the, like, the more you wake the fuck up. Yeah. Like, the reason why we go through some, like, really hard experiences is what Eckhart talks about. It's to dissolve the ego. Um, that's the real value of, like, pressures. Like, when you go through the crucible, it's supposed to, like, like if you ever go through something so hard that you come out of it aware, like awake, you see what I'm saying? Hopefully, if you make it that to like 60 or 70, you've been through so much that by the time you're 70, you like realize that you're like, you realize the shits. You see what I'm saying? Have you, have you guys ever listened to Dick Gregory? This guy's a great example here. That this name guy, is familiar. This guy is an elder that you guys should spend some time with, learn from him. He was spitting. He does not give a fuck he doesn't care at all he's very unfiltered because he no he lived he doesn't because of his wisdom he realizes that he can be so check out dick gregory um oh yeah the comedian i know him yeah he's very powerful. i know him he has a very powerful perspective i've been listening to some of his shit i'm like oh fuck this guy knows <laughs> i'm like this motherfucker tap the fucking i'm just like yo anyways what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is just like, man, like, who, uh, this is a lot of shit that y'all said. <laughs> I was like, on a, try, like, anyway, this guy said something crazy. He just said it briefly, but I don't know. He said, time is an appreciating asset. What? Yes. That's a bar. I didn't even realize, that's like so real. It's appreciated because I, that's so crazy. And then Alexa was talking about, oh man, this shit, wow. All I want to say here is just like, Let's spend time with real value in life. You know what I'm saying? Stop worrying about all the shit that doesn't fucking matter, yo. Mm. It's really Jeez. not worth it, bro. And do your best to detach from ego. Because, like, if you do get that money, money don't make you... Like, literally, money... Anytime you get money, like, money just makes you two times the person you already were. So money don't make you stronger. It just makes you ten times more the person you are, ten times more the person you are before you got it. What is mm. it? It's a Benny line. Um. So yeah, 
I don't know if you ever watched Captain America when uh, the Winter Soldier. Of course. The Winter or or it's Falcon. Falcon. Have you seen Falcon? Falcon Winter Soldier on Disney Plus. Have you seen it? So Steve Rogers was the type of Captain America he was because of how he was as Steve Rogers. We saw who how the other Captain America was when he got the when he got the um all bad. So that's my point. That's sort of how money is. You say you can do stuff on a higher frequency once you got money because my, you know when you get these types of opportunities in life, it has to be consistent with the recognition of who you already are. That's why manifestation is about who, you, what you are. You manifest what you are, not what you want. That's a big difference. When you manifest what you are, when you become the things and you just communicate with the universe and affirm, hey, this is who I am, it's a recognition. You have to recognize that your deepest level that you're everything, you, you're the infinite. So when you connect with aspects of the infinite and you say, this is what I am, that's actually true for better or for worse. So you manifest all of the things into your experience from what you are, not what you want. So when you do get money and you have these abilities to not worry about like, like things that otherwise would take your time, let's hope that you're the type of person that's going to like amplify positive things. But usually what we happen is we exist in a society where getting money means leaning into being egoic um that's why like captains of industry don't have any empathy <laughs> we not do that we talked about this yesterday my friend was like don't be absolutist i'm like i'm not being absolutist i'm just saying that there's we see that there are people who are like really successful in the business world who just like a very cutthroat because it's like helpful to me uh, what i'm trying to say here is it's like you people are egoic means mine 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 and it thinks about finiteness it thinks about this will end so they think about their life and they think about the me and mines. So they're really afraid. The core, like the, the, one of the like found, like one of the like, uh, a big like emotion of ego is fear. Um, Cause you're afraid about not, you're afraid about impermanent, like you're afraid that you won't be like the ego is constantly trying to keep itself alive. It was just not possible. Cause there's ego is inherently impermanent. There's always going to be something that's going to challenge an egoic form. So what I'm trying to say is like the real, like I think the real nature of things is family, right? The real nature of, the of humanity is family. The real nature of all that is, is family. We're all related, you know what I'm saying? We're all connected. Um, but like at a human, that's the universal perspective. But on a human perspective, we actually are all the same family stemming from Africa. Uh, with that being said, it's like a lot of people get money and they're like, as you mentioned, fence, fence, I gotta separate myself. This is mine, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. You're a black guy, stay out of my neighborhood. You're gonna take from me. Dog, you'll die, you're, still, you're gonna die and not have this money one day. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. The relationship that we have to it is very like, I'm gonna, like, it's very like finite. When you start spending time with the infinite, real abundance comes from the fact that you know that you'll just get more of it. Money is a form of energy. It is. All things are energy. Money is a form of energy. Absolutely. So when you have a relationship with money that is scarce space, a scarcity mentality towards money, <laughs> we're we on it. There's spiritual spaces where y'all we all get to money spirituality. Um, Deepak Chopra has a book. Anyways, we're not getting into that. Um, what I'm trying to. <laughs> 
what I'm trying to say is money is a form of energy. And if you have a scarce relationship with money, then you will communicate to the universe that you don't have. What does that do? What does the universe say? It's like, okay, I feel you. God only says yes. So he's just like, okay, you don't have. All right. If that's what you think, then that's the case. You don't have. But if you're like, I have, I'm abundant and you act abundantly, then that happens. You're not supposed to hoard money. You're not supposed to hold on to it. Money's a yes. flow of energy. So what does flow do? What do rivers do? Constantly moving. So if you're not spending your money, you're not going to get more of it. So all I'm trying to say is that when it comes to these relationships with things like prosperity and abundance and things like being more, having, experiencing more wealth, real wealth, what is wealth? Real wealth. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about wealth. Um, I want to take a step back. When you said, if you're not spending money, um, then you won't get more of it. Same thing with time. If you're not spending time, you won't get more of it. You'll die. Like, they'll just say, all right, end the show. You're staying stagnant, not doing anything. I'll give, take this energy and give it to someone else when you use it. Yeah. Facts. Ooh. I love that. I love that bar. We need, oh, this is, this is, this is yeah. jam-packed. This is, we got a lot. We said a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, that's big. Yeah, we're I, so young to be having these thoughts. Like, um, uh, yeah, I don't man. know anybody else thinking like us. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Whew. So yeah, listen, man. Just real wealth, man. Think about uh, real wealth. You know, like real wealth. What is wealth, man? Mental, mental wealth. Because it's like you want to make sure, like, just like I don't know. I've heard that term, mental wealth versus mental health. That's interesting. It's like cool coinable but i don't know just can't mind so it's just like i think this spend time with what wealth really is like you know what i'm saying it really like you want to have a wealth of that's what i say like when you're when you're manifesting make sure you're manifesting from a like real place of understanding like that's something that i've been at my and my recognition today a lot of times i would manifest abundance and prosperity without recognizing what value was like i would mm. i would manifest wealth without knowing like without knowing what i meant by wealth yeah. And now I know what I mean by wealth a little bit more. It's less about money, but more about value. Like I want to be able to spend time with who I love. My family. That's the center. It's not about money. It's more about time. Niggas like Cole, who are like super, you know, because they got money. They got hundreds of thousands. They got like hundred million dollars. Um, and this nigga doesn't like this nigga dressed like a hobo. Like <laughs> nigga got long rasta dress. You know what I'm saying? And he'd be with his family. Like, he'd be at home. <laughs> like, that's why. You want to be with your family while you still can. You know what I'm saying? Oh, now I remember what I was about to say. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. You were talking about um, investing. You were talking about, like, yo, you can't just throw money at the problem. Like, the less, the more time you have, the more time you get to be with really, what really matters, which is, like, being there, spending time. Let's talk about, I know this is a little like triggering for, for some for some of us, including me. Like I'm, I'm triggered by this conversation. <laughs> but like fatherhood, like this is important for me as somebody who like may be a father one day. Presence makes the best fathers, right? So I could be like super rich, but like if I'm just like giving my kids like money, like and I'm not sitting there being their father, what does it mean to be somebody's father? What does it mean to father children? Spend time with your child. Sit with your child. Develop with your child. I don't mean the child develops. I mean, you're developing with the child. Mm -hmm. Sit with your child and be present. Spend time with your child and energy. Niggas think fatherhood, parenthood is just taking care of your kid, uh, motherfucking, you know what I'm saying, uh, providing. 
that's part of it. But real parents, real fatherhood for me is being there. Fathering a child means spending time with your child, learning from your child, being there with your child. That's what matters, man. That's real wealth. The opportunity to spend time with my son, the opportunity to spend time with my daughter and learn from her. I wrote that on Father's Day uh, last year. I posted for Father's Day on my Instagram story about what I felt on um, what, what makes a good father. So I'm just reading from my post now. And there's a lot of people that are, you know, the whole provider-based version yeah, of it. But I right. felt that conscious-based fathering is so much more important. I mean, of course, provider-based is important as well. We need the bread on the table, whatever. But we also, I need to know that you are present with me. And I think that the best fathers are dedicated to learning the love languages of their children and to becoming fluent in those love languages. Not necessarily always making it happen and becoming fluent, but at least seeking it. It is that effort that speaks volumes to children. They can see the effort that goes into it. Rather than requiring that your child mold to you, you mold to your child because you are the one that decided to bring them into this world. world. And so there's, I wrote down on, you know, those sons that, those fathers that show their sons how to be great men instead of just telling them. They tell their daughters they are intelligent, beautiful, and capable as often as possible. They have dedicated themselves supporting their children's mothers. They are open and willing to thank their children. They are open and willing to apologize to their children. They know that they aren't always going to be right or do the right thing and have made peace with that. They are conscious enough to know when they are in their children's way and humble enough to empower their children, to push them aside when they are, you know, in their way. Um, and they are open, they open themselves up to their children as safe zones for them to tell them whatever they want. They won't get in trouble. Rather, they would receive their father's guidance, calling presence, uh, calming presence, or just his listening ear. And the list is not exclusive. It goes on much longer than that. But I really pay attention to especially black fathers because they have that terrible stereotype that is not true for all fathers, that they are not present. And then the thing is that stereotype does is not only hurt those fathers that are present, but it also tells fathers who are not necessarily doing a good job that the definition of being a good father is being present. That's it. Just being there. Like there, that, that stereotype is a double-sided sword because it feeds the ego of fathers that aren't doing a great job and tells them that they are doing the job just because they're there, just because they have put food on the table, just because they're doing what so many fathers are not. Do not base your good fatherhood on the bad fatherhood of others. Mm. I really believe that. And I look at black fathers, especially like, I don't know if y'all know him, but his name's Glenn, his name, uh, belief in fatherhood. I have been following this man for five years now. I love the way he fathers his children because he recognizes when he is in his children's way. One of the biggest examples when is when his son, I can't remember his name. Now. I've been following for five years, but I can't remember his name. Um, his oldest son, he had dreads and beautiful locks that his father, he, he felt that this was a connection between him and him, like him and his father. It was a thing like, it was a thing of like, yeah, I do my son's hair. I lock it every couple of months. It's something that we do together, me and my son. But then one day his son came to him and he said, dad, I want to shave my head. I want to, I want to have a shaved down look. And he was like, are you, are you sure about this? Like, really think about this now because they weren't they for months they were going back and forth and she's like dad just cut my hair i want to do this and his son was like six seven years old at the time like i want to do this dad and then finally when he shaved his head he was so happy and he said to himself 
I was standing in my child's way. I had to be humble enough and to recognize that I was wrong and to recognize that I was standing in his way, preventing him from becoming this next phase of himself. Even as a six or seven years old, year old, I had to recognize that my son knew what he wanted and I had to give it to him because I said I was going to give him the best life I possibly could when he was born. So that means supporting him in the ways that he needs to be supported. If it means cutting his hair, I'm gonna cut his hair. If I need to say sorry to him, I'm going to say sorry to him and I'm going to mean it. So many fathers don't recognize that it's so much about that. It's not like we're asking for you to give the world. Give me your time, give me your energy, give me your faith in my metamorphoses. Faith that I am going to become who I am meant to become, no matter what, but be a part of, choose to be a part of that story by embracing it or at the very least supporting it and showing effort in supporting it. That's how I feel about fatherhood. Thank you for listening to the 2721 Club. Make sure to subscribe to hear more episodes and give us your reviews. Follow us on all major streaming platforms along with Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. I said it's over. I'm no longer gonna be a soldier. We will never let you take us over. I said it's over. I'm not even looking for no closure. Waking up my people like soldiers.